to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 148. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Hopefully, you won't fall in, into any of the red area, which is the COVID-19. So, but what you do is take that globe, spin it around, and find Texas. The southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, And in that general vicinity is where we are. We're, each of us are quarantined because of the coronavirus. And we're celebrating Holy Week. And we're glad that you're here uh, to celebrate with us. <clears throat> My name is Bill Cox. And we are just men there on, on each on an individual faith journey. And that's why we do these podcasts. And we're glad that you're here to join us. You may have found us on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, where we have all of our podcasts archived, or Facebook at Man-Up, or even our website, which is at Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com. However you found us. We're glad you're here. And you know, I was just thinking about this and just wanted to make sure that you know that we're in a fairly safe area, although we have 417 cases of COVID-19 in our county, we've only had 17 deaths, and we're in a county actually of almost three quarters of a million people. So just want to let you know that we're not really a hot spot, but we're still being quarantined anyway. We have a great panel here, and we're going to do a, a, a little different uh, Holy Week uh, type of podcast, and we're also going to uh, <clears throat> do the lesson, which is what we typically do. We do an adult Bible fellowship or, uh, or basically a Sunday school lesson, and we update it and put a man spin on it. We use a lot of different texts, and what we're going through right now is a uh, Baptist Way Press, Connect 360, and this particular one is Miracles, the Transforming Power of Jesus. <clears throat> what I want to do is I want to introduce our panel, and I'll go around quick, real quick and just introduce them, and, and then let them give a, a brief little overview of the difference of this holy week as compared with all the other ones that they've that they've probably experienced and i'm sure that you out there have experienced as well and i was just reflecting this is the first time ever in my life that i i won't be spending easter at church uh and with my family and in a lot of ways kind of kind of feel like the uh the first the, the disciples you know kind of hiding out and kind of uh enriching my faith individually though uh we have a great panel uh and i'll just go ahead and uh i'll introduce them first and then let them uh give, give a brief, 
brief little overview of how different it is going to be for each for them individually. Uh, he's from Louisiana. So if he has to go, if he goes back there and he comes back to Texas, he's going to have to self-quarantine anyway. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Trahan, he's uh, our class deacon and insurance salesman and great guy. Uh, our, our moderator, my name's Bill, I'm the host, but I'm not the tech guy. Uh, we have a world-class policy writer. Uh, he's well, a, a bit of a professional gambler, Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, He's the one that's uh, got this all set up. I can't do anything in today's litigious society uh, without having an attorney. And we got a great one. Uh, he's a uh, prosecutor. Uh, and uh, we call him the judge. Uh, Mr. Michael Cropper, he's here. And uh, finally making his way onto my screen, uh, he's a world-class trainer for a Fortune 100 company and uh, that is uh, we call him the professor uh robert toshu and i'm just gonna go ahead and uh start out with the fellas and just uh, get a brief overview of how this is going to be different from all the other easters that they've uh, that they've experienced and uh start out with uh with the deacon, Mr. Kyle Trahan. I hope he unmutes. Mute, mute is the new reply all. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're muted, Kyle. Well, we'll go to Mr. Steve Titch while Kyle figures out that mute button. Uh, oh, thanks. Um, certainly unusual. It's It's weird because you're not really spending it with your large family. There's no going to brunch. There's no traditional Easter pageantry. I'm sure each church has its own tradition. Each family has its own tradition. We at Sugarland Baptist Church have the flowering of the cross. Everybody gets up in their Easter best and take puts, puts a rose. I'm doing. I'm getting this right, right? Put a rose on the, or a flower on the cross and take a picture. Uh, of course, it's it's uh, you know everybody's dressed nicely. Uh, kids' hairs are combed and cut. Uh, it's not going to be that way. We do uh, an excellent YouTube online live stream Sunday. I'm going to put in a plug for us because we it's it's very professionally done, and you're really it's hard to believe there are only maybe no more than ten people in the in the building when they're doing this. So you actually have the pastor, uh, a, a small a small band, and the, the TV crew. Now, I think, Bill, you might, are you one of the, are you on camera? Are you working the cameras at, at these, or, or do they, they, are you rotating it through? I'll, I'll finish that in, in and, uh, but it's really superbly done. So uh, Sugarland Baptist Church um, YouTube channel, uh, 945, uh, if you're looking for something to tune in, I appreciate that, that a lot of churches still aren't be able, haven't been able to do the online route. Um, certainly a lot of smaller Baptist churches in Texas uh, aren't. So if you're looking for that connection, if you're looking for any connection, certainly tune in there. To get back to your question, also, yeah, we'd be watching it on television, which is, it is, it is not the real thing. I'm going to say it flat out. 
you, you can, you're, you're, you're there with your family. And, you know, people, I, I'll admit, I'll be the first one to admit, I probably will still in, be in my pajamas or in my T-shirt and jeans. I will not be uh, in a shirt and tie in my Easter best. Um, and, you know, we won't be going out to brunch. We'll probably have something nice here, but it will be the three of us, um, my, my wife and my son and me. And so it, and maybe we'll touch base by phone and by Zoom, but it's not going to be the fellowship or the chance to, you know, uh, to basically celebrate this most important of Christian holidays with your, your friends, family, and uh, church family. Um, it's, and it's going to be different because you, and, and leading up to the whole week, and I'll, I'm sure the others will, will, will speak for it. We also have, you know, we're, we're not doing, we're not getting together for Monday, Thursday or Good Friday. None of that is happening. And we in the, you know, now in the Baptist church, we're, we're less ritualistic about it. I, I know it's going to hurt um, Eastern Orthodox, Orthodox uh, Christians, um, Roman Catholic Christians, uh, which put even more ritual than the Baptist Church do on this week. Um, that is, I, I think there's going to be a definite hole in their week um, as far as this goes. And, and, and I feel sad for that, and I pray for them. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. And uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I've, I've, I've been on the tech team for about 19 years, and uh, I totally enjoy it. Uh, but no, uh, our, our, just for uh, those of you that are out there listening, uh, Sugarland Baptist Church is a fairly large church. It seats about 2,200 people. And our tech team on a normal basis is, uh, is 15, uh, just for our, our normal live stream. And so what they did is, uh, typically I'm on camera, and uh, my, my, my particular camera is on the band now. So, uh, so I'm home watching uh, like, uh, you know, the other people that are watching the live stream too. And it, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a big change, a uh, big change than from, you know, typically uh, what I'm used to. Um, I'd like to bring up Kyle, Kyle Trahan. Talk about the change in your uh, routine. Well, finally, I figured out that mute thing, just like uh, all of us uh, over the last, oh, I don't know, two weeks as we've gone through probably most of us 9,000 webinars uh, and the technical difficulties that uh, ensue from, from all this new learning of technology and, and all of that. Um, you know, this, this past couple of weeks has been kind of hard. Um, you know, I had a friend that was uh, very ill and uh, he did pass away, not from our uh, fun COVID thing, but, uh, you know, not being able to go and minister and be with the, the family and his wife and stuff like that uh, is just absolutely crushing, you know. Uh, as I know a lot of people in this world um, are feeling that same thing. People that can't be with their uh, loved ones as they go through cancer treatments or whatever. But it makes me think back to maybe the original Easter, you know, um, Jesus being crucified on the cross on Friday. Where do you think his disciples were? 
they were hunkered down in some house as quiet as they could be trying to make sure that they don't get snatched up by the Romans as well. And they would have all been hiding out. And over those next couple of days, you know, not everybody would have heard on, you know, Sunday morning that Jesus had risen. They're still hunkered down, scared as can be. And that's uh, in my head. That's the way I bring it back to this, this current time anyway. Excellent. Uh, Professor Koshu, glad to see you. How are, how are you getting along, my man? And what changes is this making in your uh, Holy Week? Yeah, it's funny. I was the one having trouble getting in today. For some reason, I think with all the talk about Zoom, my company totally locked us out of Zoom. I've been using my company laptop for the last several weeks, and I got totally locked out today from Zoom. And so I had to grab my phone, grab my other headset, kind of make do. Um, yeah, it's totally different for my family too. Um, we've traditionally made it, um, to the Monday Thursday service and then always made Easter. Um, and we're not doing that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to plug Steve plug the Sunday morning. I'm going to plug our Monday Thursday service. Our church is actually doing it at 6:45 PM. They're a Monday Thursday. Have your communion items available for you. Have your bread, wine, grape juice, and have it available. We're going to actually partake of the Lord's Supper virtually as a church. So one thing we did, we sent my – so Fridays is, is grocery shopping day. I go out with grocery shopping because basically I go out and grab our stuff and grab my mom's stuff, drop her stuff off, and come home. And then every now and then on Wednesday, we send my son out to grab anything we might be missing. We sent him out today to grab the uh, grape juice and the uh, – we were going to get uh, matzah crackers to really go traditional here with the Passover cracker and couldn't find any. And so we made the decision this morning. I went and Googled and found a recipe for Passover unleavened bread. So we're going to make some Passover unleavened bread tomorrow. And so what's funny is the plan at this moment for our family, like Steve, I intend on either being in my pajamas or in my sweats or my jeans or something along those lines Sunday morning uh, during church, which is, it's kind of funny. Bill talked about the size of our church and I think you guys will all agree. We're kind of a quote unquote casual church. Um, Kyle usually wears a tie, but he works a door. Bill, I've seen you in a tie periodically, Steve. And I work with you. I never wear a tie. There are two Sunday. There are two times a year. I wear a suit to church. Easter is one of them. Christmas Eve is the other. And so, yeah, it's going to yep. be really different. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the plan right now for my family, we did find a leg of lamb. Uh, my wife is Greek, so we're going to be doing the leg of lamb and traditional Greek fare to go with that. And then the plan at this moment, we decided about a month ago, right before all this really took off, we had decided to do a social distancing between my older son that lives separate from us and ourselves that way somebody would be able to go take care of my mom if anybody got sick. And so he's actually going to come over and we're going to put a plate of food on the porch for him to pick up and take home to eat, <laughs> you know, so we can maintain our social distance. And, but yeah, this is, it's, it's going to be really interesting. It really is. It is a, it is a total, it's a different world we're living in at this moment. And, 
I don't think we have any realization as to how exact different it is. And I think we're going to learn a lot more about that difference as we move through. But I think regardless, the message of the resurrection is is the same. You know, Christ came, Christ died, Christ rose again. And through that brings salvation for all of us. And there's a hope there. And it's kind of like Kyle mentioned, the disciples were hunkered down in their houses hiding, pretty much like we're all going to be on Sunday and not really knowing what was coming, but then seeing what came to really survive all of it. So it's going to be a different Easter Sunday for sure. Excellent. Thanks, uh, Professor. You know, I, you know, we throw out a lot of terms and before I get to uh, the judge, I just want to, you know, just, can't, don't want to assume that everybody knows, but you know, uh, Monday Thursday, or I mean, it's commonly known as Holy Thursday, and that is uh, commemorates uh, the Last Supper when uh, Jesus told his disciples, uh, "Love one another as I have loved you." And then, of course, Good Friday. Uh, I mean, of course, it was a of course it was a terrible Friday. It was when Jesus was beaten and was crucified, but. A good, uh, you know, they adopted, you know, which, you know, essentially means holy. And then, of course, you know, we have Easter Sunday, which is uh, when Jesus is resurrected uh, uh, from the grave. So, I mean, just to, to you know, uh, bring about a little uh, little defining of the terms and uh, uh, go to uh, to judge. And, and, and how is it going to be different for you? Well, pretty much uh, what the guys have mentioned, it's the same for me. Uh, in fact, we have been experiencing this now for, what, three or four weeks, guys? We have been without uh, the ability to attend church in corporate worship uh, since many of our churches shut down, of course, Sugarland Baptist as well. So it won't be a lot very different Sunday other than, I guess, the, the great memories of, of uh, honoring the resurrection of Christ. And, and as Steve mentioned, uh, we usually have a musical, and if not a musical, then we usually have special music on Sunday morning, and uh, and and it all has to do with the resurrection of Christ. There are many hymns that that uh, relate or, or, and refer to his resurrection and death and resurrection. Um, normally, my family celebrates together um, Easter. We get together and eat, but uh, kind of we are kind of avoiding each other. Uh, my daughter, the closest one, is in. In Missouri City, and she's kind of putting stuff out on the front porch. If you want to come by and get it, you can get it, but she won't, she's not um, socializing. And my I have a daughter in El Campo with a grandchild, and, and um, we could probably get together with them. But you know what? It's the the government seems to be clamping down, so they believe very much that we should avoid be avoiding each other, even with masks. They think we should not we should avoid each other social contact. Um, just, I, I guess, the idea that there can be no no uh, communication of the or communicable germs by what we touch, not just through the mask, but from touching. And um, and and I think, as Steve Roberts said, and, and Bill, I think we've all mentioned that. Uh, yes, we can worship Christ. We can worship Him Sunday morning. We'll have to watch it on videos, which we're not used to doing. We're used to being with our friends and groups and brothers and sisters in the church and uh, singing the praises and saying happy Thanksgiving to each other. 
and then having lunch together with our families afterward. And, and I will miss the celebration of thankfulness uh, for God's son because he, uh, he certainly changed my life one day back uh, in, in 1971. And you know what, guys? You don't know what you have until you lose it. And uh, uh, we will very experience that very much this Sunday morning. Back to you, Bill. Excellent. Thanks so much. And, and I, you know, I wanted to get into this discussion a little bit. Uh, and and you you hit it right on the head for me in the fact that you don't know what you have until you lose it. Uh, I don't want to say that I take worship, uh, corporate worship for granted, <clears throat> being with the other believers, but it has definitely been more work and ha it, it has to, worship has to be deliberate and planned when I'm doing it by myself. Whereas I don't, when I don't, when I'm not around other believers, I don't have the encouragement or, and it seems like the momentum that I get from the other believers, I have to work at it a little bit harder when it's just by myself. And so well, I'm glad everybody joined us. It's, yes. It's like seeing, it's the difference between even like seeing a stage play and watching it uh, on television. When you're in church, uh, you, you can look around. <laughs> you can see, hey, <laughs> there's, there's Mike sitting over there. Uh, you can look at the, the art or the, 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 you can, you know, experience the choir. There's, there's stuff that can keep you centered even when you're not paying attention 100% to the sermon. Of course, with Taylor, I'm going to say we never, that never happens. But uh, that's, he's always, <laughs> I'm always transfixed by Taylor's sermon. Uh, so, uh, but when you're on, when you're, when you're watching, you know, you're sitting at home, for one, you're at home, you know, you're gonna get, you can scratch your stomach, <laughs> you can, uh, you can, and it's very easy, it's easier, I see what you're saying here, it's easier to get distracted, it's easier to uh, lose your train of thought elsewhere, uh, for your mind to wander, so yeah, it, it's, and, and it is not the same, because you're, Actually, and Taylor is terrific. To be to be perfectly serious, he is. He and this is. A, I think there's a big difference between addressing a uh, addressing a congregation in church and speaking to them when you're looking at a camera, and that's it. And he does. He he makes his he makes his presentation very personal, and uh, still manages to command your attention uh, through over over the television or over your computer if you're watching it that way. Um, so, so kudos to him, but it, that's a hard thing to do. And even, even with that expertise, you're working at keeping your attention focused. Uh, so it's definitely harder and it feels less connected. I'm, I'm not, uh, and I'm not dissing it. This is the best we have right now. And, and the, the fact that churches are going to this trouble is remarkable and, and they're, that they're pulling it off. But yeah, it's, it's, I can't wait to get back because it's not the same. Uh, even our ABFs meeting, um, we, where our church, our Sunday schools lessons are meeting just like we are here virtually over Zoom. It's a great to see everyone. It's great to catch up on everyone, but it's really not the same. Uh, and it's, it, it's the best, it's kind of says the best we got to make good, make, 
we do with we do the best with what we have, and um, you know, it's, I, I I commend those who are working through it because it is very difficult. I can tell you this: being a, a tech and being in a church that normally holds twenty two hundred, and you only have a small band and the pastor on stage, it was difficult to home in on just the pastor when typically you have all the other shots that you get as well. And I noticed that the pastor, just how we rely on cues being a part of the service, even though that we're not doing the sermon, but being a part of it, he, he had to work a little extra hard as well because he's not getting the responses from the people. He's not getting the laughs or the, uh, the emotion from the crowd. So it's, it's got to be more difficult for, uh, for him as well. I'll comment this. Steve, you made the, um, uh, the comparison that there is. It's watching it on TV, even if you see a whole service, not the same as being there. It's like a baseball game or a football game. You may see more if you're looking on TV, but the excitement is not there. And, and yes, there is, there is a certain amount of excitement and pleasure from being with uh, live in, in the group with the church. Excellent. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take our hard break. And I want to thank the, the fellows so much for sharing their comments. And uh, we'll take our hard break. We will be right back. And we're in the lesson six, which is a desperate touch of faith from the Baptist Way Press. This is Man Up, Man Up podcast number 148. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. My name is Bill Cox, and I'm the host of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. Going through basic uh, Sunday school lessons, and, and help and encourage you on your individual walk of faith. And we talk about stuff that you just can't talk about uh, anywhere else. And we do it in a little bit different way. Uh, we take a, a Bible story, uh, a lesson, and uh, we update it, try to apply it for ourselves and uh, put a man spin on it. And this particular one is when Jesus is touched by the woman who is bleeding. So go ahead and we'll uh, go around uh, the panel and uh, have them give a brief overview of the lesson as they saw it. And we'll start with Mr. Steve Titch. Um, I've been looking back. This is another healing miracle. Uh, the first four, four of the first six chapters we've done in miracles have been healing miracles. And you want to say four out of five, you don't really want to count the temptation story. Um, 
and which makes it very topical for for this time. But what what is maybe a little different about this, even though we did the leper, is once again we have an individual who is um, completely disenfranchised, to use a big term, a, who carries a stigma. In this case, it's a woman who has been bleeding, and those of you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament has a as a big ick factor issue when it comes to women's issues, uh, even even in <laughs> even in stand even in even in a regular uh, monthly periods they don't you know you're supposed to be outside the community. So this is a woman who had hemorrhaging problems. She was really truly on the outs, uh, no you know unclean. Nobody wanted to touch her. Yet uh, yet Jesus um, actually addresses her. And you know, basically brings her out of the crowd. And if we want to, I mean, it's a story about a woman. Woman, but I, I can't harken back to the work we started with men, with men matter. And really, what is the gist of this story is that uh, Jesus doesn't see social stigmas. Uh, Jesus sees past them and sees the individual uh, and values that individual for what they are. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Figures. Got to find the button. Uh, yeah, the, very interesting uh, story. And while Steve was talking, I got to thinking back, you know, the, the issue of blood goes way back into Leviticus and not only into Leviticus, but we could probably tie it to Adam and Eve because it's looked on in Leviticus and even now it's looked on as, uh, as comparatively to a sin. Uh, the woman is an outcast. She's unclean when she's in her menstrual period for a month. She has to tone for herself. She has to wait a week afterward and do whatever the exercises were. When she ends her menstrual period, she's unclean. So I'm looking at Adam and Eve, and, and, and God attributed the sin to Eve in the, the part, both Adam and Eve received the, the uh, credit for it, but he told Eve that she would be uh, what she would have childbearing and it would be very difficult for and it would be hard and it would be very painful for. So more than likely you can attribute that, uh, the, the sin back to the, uh, or disobeying God and the sin which came to the world uh, of which we we know that Adam and Eve are, are, are the responsible ones for it. But the uh, issue of bleeding here came, as I said, we look on it and they looked on it as comparatively to sin because she is not clean during the period she has it. And if the issue of blood continues in Leviticus for a long time, you are not clean during that period of time in which you have or continue bleeding. It's pretty humiliating. And, and I, I guess if you've ever been sick any length of time, the woman in, in the story today has been, has had the issue of blood for about 12 years so there's a lot of things we can compare it to. And I, and I, I just remembered you have not read the, the text, Bill, so I better stop there. All right, we're gonna pass it. Yeah, not a problem. Kyle Trahan, your overview of the lesson. You know, um, all of it boils down to, I think when we started this, that I, I said something along the lines of, uh, when I became a deacon uh, back in 2014, I got a book 
and they had this list of the spirits, uh, the, the gifts of the spirit. And healing is definitely one of those, you know, gifts. I, I truly wished I had that. Um, because what amazing gift you can give to somebody that has suffered for any length of time, whether it's, uh, what are we talking? 12 years here for this lady. Um, 12 days, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, uh, you know, again, for me, this, this past week, uh, losing a friend, boy, if I could have done that and had that gift, to, to be able to walk into a room or whatever and touch him and he comes out of it and we all get to go home. Uh, what an amazing gift. And, you know, Jesus was able to provide that. And then after the fact, his disciples were able to give the, those gifts of healing. And what an amazing thing. Excellent. Uh, Professor Koshu. So, you're going to read the lesson, but let me set it up for a little bit before you read it. What it, it, this, this one got taken totally out of the middle of where we were last week. So last week, if you remember and you listened to us, um, Jarius, the ruler of the synagogue there, came to Jesus and said, hey, my daughter's sick, um, but I think if you come, she'll be healed. And they trek over to Jarius's house, and then we kind of skipped to when they got to Jerry's out, there's all the people there and they're wailing and protesting because his daughter's dead. Jesus runs them all off. He goes in there with Jerry's Peter and uh, Peter, James and John raises the daughter and move on in the middle of this track. Jerry's comes and gets him and they're walking down the street. And this woman comes up and basically does nothing more than touch Jesus in the middle of it. And there's a whole discussion. We'll talk about that. That touches his robe. <laughs> Touch it. Yeah, his robe. Thank you. Thank you. And really just the hem of his robe is really what the allusion is to the, to the literature there. And anyway, so this is in the middle of the Jarius story and it goes to finding what I like where Steve brought up the stigma society, because if no one has noticed the guys you made fun of all these years, that picked up your trash, that did your gro that stocked the grocery shelves, that check you out, that do all of those things, those are the only guys working right now in their normal, whatever normal is at this moment, taking care of you to make sure you have stuff because even the guys who ran out and bought 25 packs of toilet paper and everything at the beginning of this they're all starting to run out because, like Steve said, I'm on week three and a half now. <laughs> so if I had totally tried to isolate and never gone out, I would even be running. I, I still, I feel point. feel really bad for you <laughs> if if after only three weeks you've run through twenty five rolls. Of yeah, <laughs> that's I, I that, that's that. something you're eating. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, but but I, you end up going through this. Go ahead, Kyle. I, I will say for those folks that are taking care of us, um, you know, I've been on the lines of HEB before. Uh, I've been through three hurricanes and multiple tornadoes and other threats. And nothing, nothing that I ever did will compare to what this is doing to these people. They, they've got to just be exhausted. 
you know, so praise all of our drivers, the truck drivers, all the stockers, all the people, all the uh, folks that are working for us uh, that normally do, but they're just, uh, the rest of us are home and they're still working. So. And plus, I think that, I don't want to get into a comparison thing, but if you're in healthcare, you're actually, from from what I hear from my friend John, um, your 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 temperature is checked at the door, and you're immediately yep. you're immediately masked and gloved at the door before you get in the in in the um, in the building. Down at the supermarket, yeah, they're 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 wearing gloves and they're protecting themselves. But anybody can walk in there. They really are at the front line, you know. And and elsewhere throughout the country, we we've, we've heard stories about you know mentally incapacitated people. Uh, troubled people coming in and touching everything or spitting on the fruit or produce and this is that's that's not little stuff anymore and so those 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 grocery workers and 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 I know a, a few people in my own body are in that or in that retail end where they're dealing with the public coming in and out and nobody not everybody's wearing masks not everybody is taking this very you know as seriously as they should and so these are real heroic and probably a lot of stress too, because you don't know from day to day, we oh. can be at home and we can hunker down. Hugely, Steve. And, and, I, and I may say, and, and, and I, know, I know we got family members who are in, in other situations, but yeah, we can hunker down and it's very easy to judge. Oh, you know, I read today, the, the people doing the most shaming about the people, the others about going out and about are the people like us who are staying at home and still have our jobs, um, which is, yep. uh, and, and, and so, uh, yeah, the, the, the people in retail, that's got to be the most stressful job right now because you don't know every, every day you're putting yourself at risk. And then when you come home, you're putting your family at risk and, and the in, incubation part of the disease, you won't know to maybe a week or two later. And, and so, so it is heroic, I think, on, on a grand scale. Excellent. And, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just read the scripture and we'll go around the, uh, around the panel one more time to get a little more discussion and get some takeaways from it. This is Matthew 9, uh, 20 through 22. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him, Jesus, and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. And before I go around the room, the, the one thing that, uh, that struck me out of this short scripture was when she touched him, I don't believe she was healed when she touched the cloak. I believe that after Jesus turned to her and said, take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you. At that point, I feel Jesus healed her and she was healed. And with that, I'm going to go ahead around uh, the panel one more time. And this time we'll uh, start out with the, Professor Koshu. So I, I like to think about this, and I've been doing a lot of thinking and, and trying to put it 
kind of into perspective and I came to this. She had been living with this for 12 years and she pulled herself out and determined that Christ could heal her if she could just touch him. She put meaning into that very specific moment that she got to. She was very, very specific. And so one of my favorite authors' thoughts that I run on is a gentleman named Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And he was the what they called the third school of psychotherapy from Australia. He actually spent some time in a Nazi concentration camp. His entire family was actually killed. His wife was killed at Bergen-Belsen. And from his immediate family, only his sister survived because she had fled to Australia before everything got started. And he came and he said that you have to find moments within yourself to determine what your meaning is. And one of the quotes from a book he did is, between stimulus and response, there is space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So you have to think about it. You're quarantined at home. You're a woman with 12 issues of bleeding. Take your pick. How do you find in that moment your meaning or what there is? You choose your response to that stimulus. She could have chosen after 12 years, I give up, I'm done, nothing's ever going to heal me, and walk away. She chose to have hope and believe in Jesus that he could heal her to do that. You can choose while you're sitting in your home, binging Netflix, watching thing, or if you're like some of us, um, I'm in corporate training, so the world is upside down because we have to convert everything we do to virtual at this moment. So I'm working 12 plus hour days. You can choose to be swamped by that, pay attention to the negative, or you can choose to find what your meaning is in the midst of this. Just as she found meaning that let her be healed in the midst of it, you have to find your meaning as you go through this and find time to do it. And that's where men coming in matter because men are called to find our meaning as far as being men and being leaders and finding that meaning through Christ to really go out and lead with your families and in your communities. Excellent, Professor. Uh, Kyle Trahan. You know, Robert, you, you led me down a train of thought. The, you know, the rumors you're, you're in, so you're this lady, you're a leper, you're whatever, you're an outcast of regular society. And the rumors of this Jesus, you know, of, of Nazareth roaming through the countryside, you know, he, he made, uh, I know Steve, Robert, Mike, you guys will be able to tell me how many miles he probably actually traveled. Uh, Jesus did in his three years of ministry. But can't you imagine the rumors? Oh my gosh, the great healer, this guy is coming. They had to come out in droves and groves of people just 
showing up because holy cow, whatever my affliction is, if this guy can heal me, the, the chance of that, just the chance to be healed, if you are truly suffering, has to be mind boggling. You know, um, I, I, Steve, I know you have probably felt like myself, uh, at least at a brief moment in our recovery after an accident of, God, if all this could go away in just one moment, what I would give for that, because man, this stinks, you know, and I, I can only imagine where this, this lady, these people, but again, the hope that Jesus was right there and they knew in their, their heart of hearts, all they had to do was believe. And that's hard for us to do sometimes. I know it is for me. Um, but it's something we all have to strive for. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yes, I'm looking at um, a couple things here. The person's faith is important to Jesus. Uh, I, I look at what he told her. Uh, I was looking at Benson's commentary, and he makes a, a point at... Um, Let's see. He says, uh, it, 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 by the way, Bill, you, you mentioned you thought that she wasn't healed until Jesus told her she was healed. But the other two Gospels state differently. They state that he, she was healed, and then he acknowledged her and recognized her and turned around, both Mark and Luke. Um, Jesus makes it a point to tell her, your faith has made you well. And he did that previously with Jairus and his daughter. It's very important. Somehow your faith connects with God to receive the power that, that God provides to heal, to do this miraculous healing. Uh, with Jairus, they were going to his house, and the lady came up and uh, touched his garment, I believe in Luke and, and, and Mark, maybe. And... Uh, Jesus turned and said, you, you were healed. And in, again, in Mark and Luke state that she was healed before he acknowledged her. Then his servant or a person from Jairus' house came and, and looked at him and said, uh, Jairus, or, or your daughter is now dead. Do you wish to trouble the master any further? And Jesus looked at Jairus and he said, he said, do not fear, just believe. Do not fear, just believe, or have faith, or trust me. So to Jesus, it's very important that the faith of the person is exercised on who he healed. Another one of the Gospels, he says he went to his own hometown where they knew who he was, and he could not perform many miracles because they did not have faith in him and who he was. They knew him by family members. Occasionally, he talked to the, uh, the blind men, and he says, be it as your faith is, your faith has healed your eyes. So the, I, I, to me, it looks like Jesus is a conduit for God's power, and he wants to draw, especially he wants to draw glory to God. So when she touched him, he asked, who touched my clothes? So he's calling attention, first of all, to the person. He's going to make her look very good. 
He wants an admission or confession of faith from the person who touched him. And we're talking about the lady in this case that was healed. And he wants an admission or confession that the power of her faith will be the greatness of her cure or the miracle. And it might be made manifest and observed by everybody. And that it's to glorify God, it's to teach and instruct others about faith and who he was, Jesus, the Son of God. And he also might have occasion given to him, encouraging comforter, which he did, that she might continue and persevere in sim similar faith and humility. Uh, and then finally, when he saw her, he encouraged her and he complimented her because she came toward him and confessed what he had done. And he said in a most gentle manner, daughter, be of good comfort, take courage. So what he does, he's presenting to the people all around him. She would have been humiliated, ashamed, unclean, everything you can imagine. And he could have very aptly humiliated her because she was unclean. But instead, he said it very loudly, very clearly to the people around him. Her faith is great. It's been the source of her healing. All of you should have faith like this lady. And then he calls her and compliments her and says, calls her daughter. Your faith has made you whole. It's, it's just an astounding uh, short, short exhibition of his powers as a son of God. And he compliments the people he heals. And, and, and now, do I believe she actually healed herself? No, absolutely not. The power came from God through Jesus Christ. But he directs the attention to the people. These three or four examples I just gave, he directs attention to them and humbly points to them and said, see, folks, if you had a faith as these have, you would be healed also, or you would be that much closer to the kingdom of heaven. So he compliments these people tremendously uh, for having the faith that they have in exercising it. Okay, Bill. Excellent. And uh, Mr. Steve Titch, uh, your summary of uh, today's lesson. Well, as I mentioned before, it, we, see, we see Jesus seeing past the stigma. Uh, what's also interesting is that in both these cases, the woman and, and Jairus, um, they come to Jesus as practically a last resort, and Jesus does not take them to task for it the way some people in the church might say, well, you know, you have nothing going on in life, so now you're going to show up to church? Well, we, it, it looks like this, this woman has, has had this affliction for 12 years. I'm sure she's seen doctors. There's nothing they could have done for her. She says, this, this might be all there is. This might be all I have. And it still counts. Uh, she puts her faith in, in you know, this, this uh, right now itinerant preacher and local celebrity. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are around him, as, as, as Kyle was saying, to see a show uh, or, and, or, or, you know, and, and, and she does not, she, she does this in a very humble way, a, a very self-effacing way. Just, I, I think I, did, maybe was here, you post the picture, Robert, we're um, on, of course, on podcast, but one painting has, has shows, basically doesn't have her face, it has really the feet of Jesus and his robe and her hand reaching out, to, out for it. It's, it's, a, it's a very, and I, we don't even see her in the picture. 
and we, we and and the, the assumption that the, the artist makes that he she actually gets down on the ground to touch his hem. We, we don't know if she came up behind him and pulled on a on a, on his robe, but nonetheless, this this is also about um, the and the the seeing past the stigma, God seeing past the stigma, and seeing that you're worth something more than whatever society might think of you. And if you're a man, you're, if you're, unemployment can be a stigma. Nobody wants anything to do with you. You got fired from your job. It might have been completely, you know, could have just been a downsizing. Uh, it could be this, this stuff with, with, with COVID-19 COVID now. People are losing work simply because they're, they're, the place they worked at closed. Uh, illness. People, you know, sometimes people with cancer, nobody wants anything to do with them because, especially if, you know, their friends are young because, oh my God, you're, you're reminding us of all of our mortality. Uh, there's, you know, other, you know, divorce. Um, now, it's true that, that often men end up economically better off than women, but socially, they lose most of their friends. Uh, and divorce can be very lonely for, for many men. Um, and, and despair, not losing your connection. And, and this woman clearly, if she, if she was married, her husband would have left her, she, her mother, under the law, her husband would have legal, legal, re, legal justification to divorce her. Um, nobody would want anything to do with her. Uh, and so her, she, she was, I'm sure, very lonely at the point of despair. And here comes Jesus and said, you know, calls her daughter. I mean, that's just that term. I mean, basically says you're, you're part, you're a child. You know, literally, you're a child of God, daughter. Um, really says, says to her that, that God sees your value. God sees your worth. Your disease has nothing to do with your character. Uh, your nature, whether you sinned or not, uh, you are part, you are, you are a child of God and henceforth worthy of, um, worthy of that, that acknowledgement from the crowd, from the people. Um, and so it's very powerful. So, so even, if, even if you're down to your last hope, so like your last hope, your last, your last desperate grasp certainly can be the Lord. Uh, and there's no shame in that. We see that happening throughout the Gospels about people really just down to their last, you know, down to their last out, down to their last strike in the ninth inning and their last out, and they need one turn to one last hope, and they find it in, in God. And, and God won't turn, God does not, as we see in the story of the, 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 the prodigal son, God does not, is not offended if you're the last person he turns to. Uh, he'll still welcome you one way or another. Excellent, Steve. Uh, <clears throat> this has been a, a, a great lesson, and you're absolutely right. I do see the parallels uh, between the story of this woman and, and the condition of men, you know, that we see the death by despair, you know, the unemployment, the person turns to alcohol and or becomes depressed and uh, or, and maybe commit suicide or, 
or also the suicide might by neglect they don't they don't take care of their health uh they don't take care of their family and it, it, it just it just snowballs and and i like what kyle uh posted on our chat here uh jesus uh the great healer so i hope that uh you have enjoyed this podcast i i know these these podcasts have been quite a bit different than what we're used to and certainly i know this holy week is a lot different too but uh like professor koshu wanted me to remind uh everyone that we have a virtual monday thursday service at 6:45 p.m. and that's central standard time make sure that you have your family and that you have the elements and you're able to uh participate uh <clears throat> in the monday thursday uh service that is the lord's supper uh good friday which would be at 12 noon and also our easter uh sunday service at 9:45 now all of those can be will be streaming on youtube uh slbc dot org which is the sugarland baptist church uh website and also on facebook under sugarland baptist church so you can find them there and uh <clears throat> so the uh the times once again are 6 45 p.m central standard time on thursday on friday at noon and church on sunday at 9 45 a.m and <clears throat> thank you so much for joining us my name is bill cox it's been wonderful to have you here and i pray that you just keep the faith and make this a special holy week uh i know it's different but it will be one as long as you share it with your family and your loved ones that you won't soon forget this is podcast number 148 what <clears throat> we want to encourage each and every one of you to find a local Bible-based church, uh, visit our church, Sugarland Baptist Church, virtually. But once we get through this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, and I'm sure we will, Bible-based church, and why local? So you'll go and go and find a adult Bible fellowship and get in a small group and find a men's only group and if there isn't one start one this is man up man up you've been listening to man up you want answers. i want the truth you can't handle the truth dedicated to the uncommon man created by equally uncommon men if i were the man i was five years ago i'd take a flame through to this place you can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.